0: Hello and welcome to the March or Die show. Thankful to have you with me today. Looking forward to a great conversation with a great guest who I will introduce in just a minute. But before we get there, I want to, again, thank you for listening. If you are listening, many of you over at Mojo Five O listening there, thank you for doing that. Also many listening to the podcast version of this found everywhere you can receive podcasts just about. Thank you for doing that. If you're listening to the podcast, I would encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to make sure that you don't miss an episode. And then finally, for those of you that are listening and not watching, you need to take some time when this is over to jump over to YouTube. You can find my YouTube channel there. Look for Jeremy Stalnecker. My name, Jeremy Stalnecker. You'll find my YouTube channel. And you can subscribe there as well. Watch the uh, video version of this and uh, so much other content there as well. Uh, A lot of stuff that I think you'll enjoy. So take some time to jump over to YouTube, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell, and you can go ahead and leave me a comment, share this content out if you'd like to do that. That would be fantastic. Thank you for doing it great guest today. Looking forward to jumping in with Jacob Straub. Jacob is uh, a new friend of mine. I've been on his show and now he has been on the Marcher Die show and uh, incredible story that he'll share with you today and really one that gives great hope. Jacob is the founder of Mission Driven Made and through blogs and podcasts and coaching helps Those who are struggling to understand their mission and push forward toward that mission to know how to do that. And that's so important. We talk about moving forward on this show, the March or Die show. You have two choices. You can march or you can die. You can stay where you are, kick it into neutral, and just live your life accomplishing nothing or, in spite of the obstacles and the difficulties, you can put one foot in front of the other and move toward the destination for which you were created and really, Jacob's work on the mission-driven, made front on his platform is to help folks like you and me do just that. What is it that I was created to accomplish? What is my mission? How do I move toward that? And how do I allow that to guide me and to direct me? Uh, but his story is not one only of success It starts with drug abuse, addiction, and other issues that brought him to a place where he realized things needed to change. I'm looking forward to this conversation, and I know that it will be an encouragement to you. Please enjoy this conversation with Jacob Straub. Jacob Straub, thank you for joining me, man. Great to have you here today. Uh, Last time um, we talked, I was on your podcast, so, uh, so it's good to have you here, man. Thank you for doing it. Uh, a lot of stuff that you've been involved in, a lot of things that you've done. And I'd like to talk, you know, as we kind of wrap this conversation up with maybe some principles that you've engaged in your own life to help people move forward, help yourself move forward. But let's, let's go back and uh, tell us your story. I, I think you have a fascinating backstory, kind of what you wanted to do, where you ended up and how you move forward from there. So, Uh, Talk about that. How did you get to the place where you started Mission Driven Made?
1: Yeah, of course. And at first, just want to say thanks for having me on the show. I'm honored to be here. So thanks for that. And yeah, so a big part of my brand um, kind of started from my story. So I was born in San Jose, and I grew up in the East Bay about 20 minutes away from there. And I lived there for about 19 years or so. And there was really, I would say about four, you could call it main points or events that happened that kind of transformed me into who I was at the time for the good or the bad. So the very first thing when I was really little, uh, my dad left my mom. And at the time, it, it didn't have any effect on me, at least that I knew about until later on, I was really little. And I you know, thought this was just kind of the normal thing. And then from there, That led a or started a 30-year battle with addiction and substance abuse for my mom, actually. And she still deals with that today after my dad left. So those were the first two kind of big things when I was really little. But starting at about five or so, I really got into sports. You know, I uh, I guess you could say from a young age I had that obsessive (laughs) type of personality. I would literally go outside at six in the morning and practice whatever sport it was at the time, uh, like whatever it was, uh, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, football, soccer, you name it. I, I just absolutely love sports. And that's really the only place that I could gain confidence. So I, I would go out there so early in the morning, sometimes that neighbors would come out and ask politely for me to not come <laughs> out till <laughs> like nine in the morning or right. so. So yeah, that, that was who I was. And then eventually that led to like fitness and nutrition. And so that was great. Then for whatever reason, uh, we'll call it somewhere around 14 or so. All the energy, all of that time and focus I had in sports, that then went into drugs and, and alcohol very quickly. My perception of life kind of switched. I started feeling angry at the world thinking i had this you know terrible life and it wasn't fair kind of a you know an entitled type of attitude so i I told myself i'd never drink i would never use drugs or anything i ended up doing that i I drank and that quickly led to partying all the time you know started uh smoking weed all the time and you know not even months later i'm using ecstasy day after day after day yeah and after about four days of that i mean i'm I I might've been 15 at the time. I took an ecstasy pill at school at eight in the morning and it was a bad pill. I overdosed and I ended up getting arrested at school um, in front of like, I mean, it was right when the bell rang when that first period is over. So there must've been, (laughs) you know, at least five, 600 people that saw me. And so that kind of came to a point in my life. I, I truly believe where we are today Currently And then for me, when I was 15 at the time, you get there by lots and lots of small decisions for the most part, mm-hmm. every once while you're faced with a bigger decision that can be, you know, pretty pivotal. So at that point, after getting arrested, you know, I should have sat there and thought what this would turn out long term, if I don't switch what I'm doing, if I don't, you know, change the course of action. So that that could have been one of those huge pivotal moments for the better. Instead, Right after I got arrested, it just kind of amped up my drug use. I started using cocaine, you know, any type of pill that you can think of mushrooms. You know, I was getting high at school all the time. I was basically always intoxicated on something like I would say. 20 Let's see, 16 hours of the day, we'll say yeah. that that's yeah. it got to that point. I ended up getting kicked out of two schools. Wow. Um, eventually, I got kicked out of my mom. And then stepdad's house and then around that time uh my biological dad had passed away one of my closest friends had passed away and i was seeking help for you know everything that i was doing and uh, the counselor had he passed away this was all in a very close time frame so it just my mindset kind of got even worse so i'm out of the house it had been about 12 hours and i didn't have any clothes i didn't have anywhere to go really and I went to the mall. I'm like, I, I have to steal a bunch of clothes. You know, I got to, I have to have clothes to, to live, you know, got arrested again. And that again, could have been one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I, I need to change my course. Um, but fortunately, you know, it kept going, kept going downhill. I ended up crashing on people's floors. I was sleeping in cars. Luckily a few people did take me in, you know, over, you know, week periods, sometimes months. So I'm really thankful for that. A lot of people in my position, you know, don't really have that, that option. Right. Um, so yeah, sleeping on couches, floors, anywhere I could. I ended up trading my car for drugs. Um, so then I, you know, I'm without a vehicle oh. and eventually all the drugs I was in, that still wasn't enough for me. I needed to do something stronger, I, I guess you could say. So I, Remember one day I found my way out in uh West oakland It's a pretty rough area. I'm in a car with a few people are passing around the crack pipe and I decided you know i wanna I'm gonna try heroin you know that that's the that's the major leagues of drugs that's gonna make me feel better or make me not feel anything or right. whatever is going through my mind so I went home that day and I started shooting up heroin and i you know i'm I'm a kid still and after Maybe a few months of doing that, it started to scare me a little bit. You know, I'm shooting up eight, nine, ten times a day. It's completely consumed my life. So, okay, I I'm throwing away the rest of my drugs. I'm gonna toss the heroin in a dumpster. I'm never doing this again. I have to change. So I went outside. It's pouring rain. Threw all my drugs, threw all the heroin at the bottom of a dumpster. And within about an hour, I started withdrawing really bad. And I'd never felt that before. You know, physically sick. You feel like you're you're gonna die. So I found my way back out to the dumpster, literally diving at the bottom of this, uh, this garbage can to find my drugs. It's pouring rain. And then my drug use continued. And the only reason that came to a halt, a few months later, my stepdad walked in on me when I was about to, to shoot up. And he called the cops on me. I got taken away to jail again, you know, for the third or fourth time. And I was in there for about a week. And, you know, I sobered up. And the only reason why I decided to stay clean after that was because if I didn't complete the court-ordered rehab, then it was prison for 16 months. Wow. So I uh, I stayed completely straight for those four months. That was the first time since, I don't know, maybe 14 years old or so. Wow. And so, so that was great. I was feeling better. I decided I was going to be clean. But the second that program ended, you know, everything went backwards again and I ended up back in rehab you know so this is uh, for the third time I'm back in rehab but I still there's something something there I still wasn't ready unfortunately and in rehab I started sneaking out in the middle of night I actually got hooked on crystal meth in rehab yeah so um you know, a lot of people to change their circumstance, they have to have this kind of cliche rock bottom type of moment. Yeah. So I had about, you know, maybe 10 of those, but one of them <laughs> came uh, in that rehab. I was sitting there, I was using in the bathroom. I believe it was my 18th or 19th birthday. And for some reason I thought of all my old friends, you know, they're off at college, they're starting their life, they're playing sports, whatever they're doing. And I'm sitting here on my birthday getting loaded. So that crushed me yeah. and you know it was enough to clean up for a couple of days that said I started using again and I thought why am I even here I'm just using in rehab this is pointless so I left rehab and within a couple of days I'm out of money I have no food I have nowhere to go so I'm homeless again and it got to the point where I snuck into this community pool um, in the winter in the Bay Area so you know it gets pretty cold yeah. there like me. You know, sub 30 sometimes. So sleeping outside, I have absolutely nothing. And that's when I was like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't, I to I'm not going to make it to 20 years old with yeah. the way this is going. Yeah. I don't know how I'm even alive. I've overdosed a bunch of times. I have no idea how I'm still alive. So went back to rehab. I did have one more slip up um, after that, but I was in rehab, and decided you know i i have to find something that i value again and put the energy like i did into drugs and you know into sports when i was little and i just need to go all in with that yeah. so that's kind of how the the beginning of my story started um, i eventually moved down to san diego to get away from the bay i couldn't be there anymore and that's from there that's when i went to fitness training for a while i coached in crossfit and eventually spent about 10 years in, uh, fire and emergency medical services. So that, that was kind of like the, the
0: foundation or the story that, you know, eventually led to starting mission driven made. That's crazy. Um, there's a lot of questions there. What was the catalyst at the beginning of that? You're playing sports, you're doing stuff. Um, what was the catalyst that, that caused you to go drugs would be a pretty good idea. Let me, let me start there.
1: Yeah. So, it's just crazy because it seemed like it happened so fast because like i had mentioned i said i'm never going to use i'm never going to yep. drink i saw what it did to my mom and it drove me crazy but then it it came to this point like i i realized you know i didn't have a dad that was raising me my stepdad was uh um, you know in the house and i probably would have been dead if it wasn't for him but my mom didn't want him to be my dad unfortunately and you you know how that goes if you know, a young boy doesn't have a dad to raise yeah, them. Yeah. So I think I started getting angry about that. I started feeling depression. I felt suicidal at times and decided I had the worst life. You know, yeah. even though yeah, I you know, some stuff wasn't great, but that wasn't true. I didn't have the worst life. Yeah. Um, so because of that, that is what led to the reckless behavior. Cause I remember not not caring. I just, you know, I want to just not feel anything anymore. So that that would I would say that was the catalyst that
0: led me down that path. When on the other side of that, you moved to San Diego and you've done all these things that you've done since then. Um, Was it another rehab? Was it, I don't know, discipline and self-will? What, what caused you to finally not make the decision to get away, but to break the addiction? I mean, a lot of folks spend their entire lives trying to break addiction.
1: Yeah. So for me, I, I had to get to this point where there was something that I could find that I would value that was larger than myself. I know it sounds very cliche, but I, I, and there's nothing wrong with this. A lot of people they get clean and their, and their whole life is just going to AA and NA meetings and all, which that's great if that works for them. But for me, I, I did that for years and I felt like I needed to do something that wasn't related to drugs. So that was my first right. thing. So what, what can right. I do that's bigger than myself? And I, when I was uh, about, let's see, it was probably around 19 or 20, I got invited to church. Um, I wasn't a Christian at the time, but just knowing that there was a, a creator, there was yeah. something bigger than me. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand the gospel or any of that stuff at the time. So that was one of the things that nudged me. And then when I decided, you know, I, I love fitness and nutrition, you know, I'd love this before I use drugs, I'm going to go all in with mm. this so the kind of that obsessive behavior that i had when i was young and obviously with my my drug use i put that into something that i thought was valuable and i personally believed especially at the time there's a lot of people that are going to be better than me that's okay but what i have right now is i am more disciplined and i could commit more than any other human
0: being and that's that's what i told myself yeah. so um so you went to church before that, eventually you became a Christian. What was the process of that for you? <laughs> it was very drawn out. Um, so I was
1: going to church and I thought being saved meant you're a good person and you go to church on Sundays. Yep. That, that's what I thought. So for me, I think I went to church because it kind of made me feel good, um, you know, at first. So over, we'll call it a five-year period, I went on and off. Um, I didn't understand the gospel or salvation or any of that. But finally, after hearing it over and over and over <laughs> for five years, right. I was sitting there one day. I'm like, wait, I haven't done that. I, I've never asked Christ to save me and you know repented of my sin. I've, I've never done that before. So eventually, it took till 25 years old. That's when I, I mm-hmm. came to the saving knowledge of Christ, gave my life to the Lord. Uh, but I will admit, though, faith is, even after that, it's always been, Effort, a lot of effort for me and a struggle if I can be transparent. Sure. But I, I did
0: accept Christ as my savior at 25. So, yeah, that's an important thing to say too. I think, you know, we use the word saved and outside of church, that doesn't mean anything to anyone. You know, then we go to save from what and all that. Um, but a lot of people then would also say, well, you found faith or you found Christ or you, you know, found spirituality or whatever. And that's how you were able to get off drugs and accomplish what you've accomplished. And, um, I certainly believe in the power of the gospel and the power of Christ in our lives, but uh, faith is a journey and it it requires you know salvation is a moment, but faith is a journey and it requires being committed to that just like you know a lot of the other things that you've done. Um, so you you get into personal training and fitness, become a, an EMT, a firefighter um, and just in the last what year or so, you've started mission driven made. So can you talk to me about two things? One is the transition um, out of the fire service and what you were doing to starting your own business and your own um, brand, and then break that down for me, mission driven and made. I mean, those are very specific words um, and I'm sure they each have a a very specific application to you. So what was the transition like and what exactly does that mean as you, you know, begin to do this work? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: the transition started actually because of an injury. So I had been in um, emergency medical services first. I was an EMT on an ambulance, hmm. went to paramedic school. Then I was a paramedic on the ambulance, worked as a volunteer firefighter. Eventually, I got hired by the San Diego Fire Rescue Department, and I was then a firefighter paramedic. So I had been in that line of work at the time for five or six years, but my first year of being on the job, um, I had a career ending back injury. Um, so I was on a call, uh, we were responding to emergency, uh, you know, ironically enough in the middle of the <laughs> night and I ended up going unconscious. I had stuff going on with my back. I was laying there on the sidewalk and I was out for about five minutes. They couldn't feel a, a pulse on me. They couldn't get a blood pressure at first. Um, so I woke up, I thought I was going to die. That I was completely convinced of that went to the hospital and, you know, started feeling a little bit better, but that led to, you know, I have, I'm going to have back pain and kind of issues for the rest of my life. But anyways, though, because of that injury, I couldn't work in operations anymore. Yeah. I eventually got moved to the recruitment division, which was one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my mm-hmm. entire life because of the, the man I worked for. Um, he taught servant leadership. He was a Christian also. And yeah. also he really helped me with, um, he didn't really do this intentionally, but with public speaking, you know, because that's scary for most people. Yeah, sure, I did yeah. all these speaking engagements, and I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> and you know, like I, I started doing kind of smaller ones, like I go into classrooms and talk to groups of maybe thirty or less, which was nerve wracking at first. But I, <laughs> I was just like, I hope he never calls me to go in front of a lot of people. And eventually, you know, I had to speak in front of. Uh, he said it was a thousand people i thought it was 500 <laughs> anyways though like I, I contemplated my own death that morning that's right, how scared i right. was uh but anyways though so that mentality of me going out and helping people in that way i wasn't on the front lines anymore but i kind of started getting uh, obsessed with seeing other people win right like i i really liked doing that i was helping right. people uh, with careers in the fire service. I was helping people with interviews mm. and I was sharing a little bit about my story, but because I was still in the fire department, I couldn't be honest about my past completely. Um, but I, I saw how much I loved that. Yeah. And then eventually I realized for my, you know, from my own personal experience, someone else's life story can be the, the catalyst for someone else to change their yeah, life. That's right. That had been true to me so many times and so mission-driven made, it was partly with knowing the impact that people can have on other people. I know it sounds really like rudimentary, but it's true and it was yeah. true for me. So mission-driven, what that means is taking imperfect but relentless action toward your goal. So that, that's what mission-driven means. And I realized every little piece of my life uh, where there was at least a little bit of success, yeah, it was because of that. It wasn't for me because of skill, talent, or whatever. It was because of having a mission-driven mindset. So realizing I love seeing other people win, I want to equip them to do so. Knowing someone else's story can change someone else's life. That's why I started the brand, and that's why the podcast is one of the most important aspects of the brand. Because uh, as you know, I get to interview some people who, who I believe are very high-achieving people who then can help other people who are listening yeah. to the podcast. So that was kind of the the main idea
0: with the brand. So when you say mission-driven, made, made is you become this by pursuing the mission that either you were created to live or however you would define that. That becomes who you are. Is that is that the idea of made? 100%. It, it turns into... It, it turns into...
1: When you start finding something of value that you're going to put effort into in your life, the, the way you know you have that mindset is no matter what is coming your way, all the problems, because problems are always going to come. It doesn't matter if you're in business, if you're in the military, or just in life, they're going to come. And no matter what comes, you make the conscious decision that you were going to push past those problems. So it's it's a decision and it's a mentality. That's what the made. Is it's like this uh, kind of stamp at the very end of the the saying.
0: That's good. So you know, on this show, we talk about um, pushing forward in spite of obstacles and trials and traumas and the stuff that life brings to you. I use the phrase "March or die." You have a choice. You have to either put one foot in front of the other um, and move forward, or you can stay where you are and die. And I really believe that oftentimes the reason people don't move forward is because they have not discovered the mission (laughs) that will then drive them forward. You come into, you know, maybe it's a long life. Maybe that life has caused you to feel, you know, exhausted and overwhelmed and you aren't clear on why you're doing what you're doing anyhow. So there's no point in pushing through another obstacle over another hill, whatever uh, metaphor you want to use. There's no reason to go on um, because you've never really settled. This is my mission. How do you or how does someone come to terms with mission? Um, you know, I would say that God has created all of us to accomplish some, you know, general things, something all of us should accomplish. And he's given us specific skills to accomplish those things. How do you define mission? How does someone find their mission if it's that important to move them forward?
1: Right. So um I actually, I think I heard you say this um when you were on it my it was podcast. smart, probably so.
0: Probably so.
1: <laughs> it was. It, it was really good. But yeah, so people, and I couldn't agree more with when I heard you say this, people really obsessed with like, what is my purpose? And I understand that. I, I have obsessed with that in the past too. And just trying to find, it's like this enigma almost. We don't know what it is. So what I did personally, you know, It doesn't have to be this huge, profound thing necessarily. If it is, that's even better. So find what it is that you value, whatever your interests are, and then you're going to start attacking whatever that is. Mm. Now, the way you know this is true and real, if the doors continue to open, is when those issues come, and they will, there's going to be problems, issues, whatever it is. Objectively, you are going to work through them. To me, you know it's not... Necessarily, your mission. If you decide it's not even worth moving past those, so that that's what I did personally. So I I I did that, but I I had to find something also that I thought was just important. You know, like I there's certain you know jobs or careers or whatever that maybe it's great for someone, but I knew that wasn't for me. Yeah. So th- those were kind of uh, the first few things, or at least in my mindset that I I thought about before. I found what my mission was. And as you keep going, you look back and you're kind of reaffirmed like, okay, this makes sense. Like all these pieces to the puzzle are coming together. Maybe at the time when you're going through all this stuff, it doesn't make sense, but later on it will. So for me, I look back when I first started finding what my mission was, you went through all the stuff and I didn't understand like, why is it hard today? Why am I going through trials? Why do I feel like I'm suffering? But we we are now at this point and there's a lot more clarity there. So yeah, that that's what I recommend for anyone listening is find something that you at least think you value, that you're interested in, go all in with that
0: and see if it's worth the while for you. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's funny because mission is what drives us forward. But sometimes it's driving forward that helps us to discover our mission. And really, all of that is underlied by, I believe I am here for a purpose. And maybe that purpose isn't clear right now, but I can't stop. I've got to keep moving. There is a mission. I like the word mission, too. I like the word purpose, but I like that you use the word mission um, because mission changes. You know, the fire service, you finish a mission, there will be another mission. Yep. It's that way in the military as well. And that's Okay. You need to pursue what's in front of you, take, you know, as you say, go all in for whatever it is that's in front of you and know that over time, different doors open and different things uh, present themselves. Um, When it comes to the mission driving you and kind of making you to become, right, you've been made by this, this mission that drives you. Um, How does identity fit into that? I, I think, you know, sometimes people are so driven by the mission that their identity becomes the thing and they can't separate from that. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but how how does identity connect to this idea of mission-driven made?
1: Yeah, so for me with identity, uh, it's definitely a tough one because people that go all in with something, it's very easy for that to be the only part of your being. And as a Christian, we, we should have our identity in Christ. That's always the goal. And like you said earlier, that is hard for me at times because I get so focused on these certain things. Right. Um, so, for me, my identity—yes, it is in Christ—but it's also utilizing these skills He's given me and whatever it is that I'm doing at the time. So that—that's what identity means to me. And I know it's very easy. I've heard this, you know, in church a bunch. Like, you know, they say your identity is in Christ, which is mm-hmm. true, but. I don't want people to forget that is true, but you still have another mission, even though that's the most important mission, if right. that makes sense. You know, yeah. like I feel like it's so easy in church just to say, Oh, just give it to God and, and kind of have right. this like almost excuse to be lazy and not keep pushing forward. I'm not know if I'm really conveying that very clear. Yeah.
0: Um, but that that's how it was for me. Yeah, I think in, in church you're right. There are a lot of people who they say, Well, my identity's in Christ, which if you follow that out for them, different people, uh, means they're not going to do anything. You know, faith to them is just believing God will, and I don't have to work toward it. Exactly. And and that's, you know, that's not at all the case. In fact, the apostle Paul, who gives us the idea of identity being in Christ, uh, was someone who worked very hard to accomplish the mission that he was placed on this earth to accomplish. Um, yeah. And it's so important to understand the two identity is, is, tough because we want our identity to be in Christ, meaning someone who is unchangeable and bigger than us, as you mentioned earlier, uh, so that when the world changes, when our situation changes, we haven't lost our identity. But what we do, the mission we're on should should flow from that. And I think that's where people get it upside down is uh, because my identity is in Christ, my mission flows this direction and I'm going to accomplish something important. So um,
1: that's a great way to, to put it. That That was very clear. That's what I was trying to
0: say a minute ago. (laughs) Well, you did say it. I was just summing up. But that's exactly right. And I think, you know, people get it backwards and they say, well, I'm working toward an identity or out of my identity. Um, But really your identity is fixed. It's the mission that carries us forward, as you say. And that's, uh, man, that's fantastic. Um, As we kind of conclude, what do you tell someone or what would you tell someone who's just stuck? Um, And you've had those times in your life, <laughs> uh, if you have to hit rock bottom several times, then uh, you've come to this place. Um, someone who's hit a wall and they say, you know, because of, I don't know, relationally, uh, maybe it's spiritually, maybe it's related to work, related to something else. I'm just done. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to end my life, but I will not continue to live. I'm just going to hit it into neutral and, and exist. I'm not pushing on. Uh, I'm done trying to figure out the mission. What do you say to that person? How do you get them to begin thinking or seeing this right?
1: Yeah, so that that one is it's really tough, especially in the moment. So I look back when I felt like that, and for me, it didn't change until I made the decision, the conscious decision, that I was going to take 100% ownership for the rest of my life, or at least the actions that I take.
0: Yeah, that's good, and.
1: It's hard because I feel like some people have horrific things that happen to them I'm not downplaying any of that at all, so what happened to you or the situation you were in maybe it's not completely your completely your fault, but I do believe you do have the responsibility to at least try to fix it at the at the very most and um, are you familiar with David uh, excuse me David Goggins uh, the yep. former Navy seal so yep he had a quote that just like really stuck with me. He said something like 99% of people walk around with the victim mentality, like dead eyed zombies, having no idea what their true potential is. Yeah. So that is such a harsh statement when you are going through something. Hmm. But for me, the only way for me to move forward is I had to finally truly believe that it didn't matter if I had a terrible upbringing a great upbringing yeah. Whatever it was, I I had to get to that point where I took responsibility for myself and I couldn't view myself as the victim anymore because nothing was going to happen if I didn't do that.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Personal responsibility. I have a friend who says uh, something like, perhaps only 10% of what happened to you is your responsibility, but you should be 100% responsible for that 10%. And uh, I love the way he says that, but you're exactly right. You may not be responsible for what happened to you, but you are responsible for what you do going forward. And uh, that changes the game. Ben Jacob, thank you so much. Hopefully we can do this again and uh, look forward to uh, following you. Where can people that want to learn more about you uh, follow your website, socials and the podcast?:
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the website is missiondrivenmade.com. So if you go on there, we have an apparel store, there's a blog and a newsletter. Yeah. And then the Instagram is missiondrivenmade. made. there's also a new YouTube channel. Mission-Driven Made, uh, everything for the most part is Mission-Driven awesome. Made. Yeah. And then we're on just about every podcast uh, platform that uh, that you can find.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you, Jacob Straub. Appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. I
0: appreciate Jacob's perspective on these issues. I really want to have him come back on. I think there's a lot of uh, other things that we can dive into But just understanding, and he talked about the importance of a person's story to help other people, Uh, just understanding that those we look at as successful and those who are successful and are helping others become successful, uh, they have a story as well. And often a story of success begins with failure and struggle and difficulty and a decision to move forward. Uh, so much that was helpful in that conversation, and uh, I trust that that was a help and an encouragement to you. Uh, Take some time. If you have the opportunity, after listening to this, to go over to YouTube, find me there, Jeremy Stalnicker. Uh, Look for my YouTube channel. You'll find it. And share this out. You know some folks that need to hear this story, struggling, perhaps with addiction. Uh, Maybe it's self-doubt. Maybe it's something else. But struggling, they need to come to the place where they realize as well, separate from the bad influence and begin moving forward. What a great truth. There, Uh, man, love it. Uh, We talk about this all the time. Uh, Again, you have two choices in life. You can march or you can die, staying where you are, uh, kicking it into neutral, not really moving forward, not really living, just existing. You can do that or you can march, putting one foot in front of the other and accomplishing forward movement, moving toward, as Jacob said, uh, your mission and your goal. And there's so much life in that. Please, please please start moving. If you're stalled out, if you're dealing with some things, that's life, it's natural, it's normal, but don't let that define you. Appreciate you watching and or listening. Look forward to talking to you next time.